strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Ring. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. End zone for Fitz. Goes up and makes the game-winning catch. Larry Legend does it again. The Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. The Red Sea is rising up! Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's going to be a show. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! Well, as we all know, Ron Wolfley is much more, shall we say, civilized, (laughs) domesticated than he was during his playing days. Appreciate it, Paul. That, honestly, that's a great thing for society at large, and uh, it's a very good thing for you, Ron Wolfley, or you'd be behind bars. Yes, probably. So so honestly, I mean, the guy really who's best equipped, if it comes to this, because you never know, each edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert is its own, and you never quite know, you know, what sort of challenge is around the next quarter, what sort of opponent is waiting. But if there's somebody here really equipped at this point to, I don't know, bite a kneecap or maybe bite the other kneecap, or, uh, you know, kick you in the teeth. Right. Or uh, take a hunk out of you, as one uh, NFL head coach said today at his introductory press conference. And we'll hear that for ourselves coming up a little bit later in the show. Right. I'm just thinking, you know, if there's one guy who is equipped to do that at this point, I might have to step up into that role. You know what, Paul, it was so funny because as I was listening to Dan Campbell, and I know we're going to talk about Dan Campbell and what he said a little bit later in this broadcast, but as I was listening to him, he was basically describing my career. <laughs> okay, my career. Now, listen, here's the one thing about that, though, Paul, a little foreshadowing here. That's great. You're going to have a great special teams unit. There's no doubt about that. But you know what? You have to get talented players as well to go out that are good and you could actually win games with. You get you got to get talented and tough, Paul. For all the things that Ron Wolfley did in his career that he's not proud of, then as <laughs> set him to uh, Sunday confession, uh, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned on a weekly basis. We will find out a little bit later whether he's ever, quote, bitten somebody else's kneecap. So uh, save that for later, Wolf. Uh, what we there need were to much know- easier targets, Paul, than the kneecap. <laughs> Never forget that. What we need to know uh, is uh, I've been informed – uh, by the source that's better than Elias, uh, better than any of the analytic services, our own Craig Grealou, uh informed me earlier today <laughs> that... The fact checker. Exactly. Uh, Mr. Information and Mr. Historian, that one year ago, last Friday, Larry Fitzgerald announced his intentions for the 2020 season. Two years ago, this Saturday, he made his intentions clear. And the two years before that, he went into February. So, Wolf, as a guy who has been tackled by Larry twice, uh, if you're scoring at home twice, uh, do you have any inside info on which way Larry is leaning you know what? <laughs> and whether there might be a year 18? You know I know nothing. Okay, nobody talks to me, Paul. I don't ask questions, and nobody talks to me. I have no idea. I, I've been saying Larry Fitzgerald is going to retire over the last three years, and every time he has come back. So, as I've said before, and I'm going to continue to con- uh, this mantra, Paul, he's going to retire. This is it for Larry Fitzgerald. It's all said and done, Fitzy. We know that, and hopefully he'll come back once again. 
Well, reportedly he has a new receivers coach. I, I don't know if that makes a difference, but Sean Jefferson is a guy I who played love the position. Sean Jefferson. For a dozen years, he's coached it just the wide receiver position for a dozen years, so he's more than qualified. We know that. And I, I tell you, Wolf, I watched some of these guys in year three ball out, like Josh Allen this year and, and Baker Mayfield and the steps they made in year three. Yeah. And I think about Kyler Murray and what Larry might be thinking in that regard. Yeah, we were thinking the same thing about Kyler Murray in year two and the MVP. Well, he made a Pro Bowl. This yeah. kid this kid in two years, Offensive Rookie of the Year and Pro Bowler. Not bad. He was named most valuable Cardinal by the Cardinals media. Your Offensive Player uh, and Newcomer of the Year, D-Hop. Defensive Player of the Year, Buda Baker. And your Beyond the Box Score Player of the Year, Dennis Gardak. That is all at azcardinals.com. Rashad Johnson is going to join us coming up, the former Cardinals safety on this edition of the Big Red Rage. Could be the game. Fourth down and one. Handoff Hightower running right. Gets to the outside. And he's got the first down at the 45 and pushed out of bounds. Throws a slant to Fitz. Caught at the 30. Inside the 25 and down at the 23. It's a gain of about 18 and a first down for the Cardinals. Larry Fitzgerald is literally trying to will this team to victory right now. Pumps right. Throws back to the left. Hightower caught at the 10. Cuts left to the 5. Hightower to the goal line. And in. Touchdown. And the Cardinals retake the lead. 253 to go. Picked up by Dockett. Dockett inside the 10. That's it. The Cardinals have shot the world. Right but true. The Cards have done it. They're going to Super Bowl 43. That is a 45-second montage. The voice of the Arizona Cardinals, Dave Pash, Ron Wolfley, and it's still chills i mean honestly you hear it every time i still get maybe because we were there wolf we witnessed it but to hear you guys or jim omohundra putting that together with a crescendo at the very end we've heard bertrand barry say it repeatedly the best moment of his nfl career it's the big red rage presented by santan ford and gilbert and and, they played to win the game paulie they played to win the game man they came cover zero against the eagles on that play was unbelievable send everybody huns over the wall and you still remember the coverage. You still remember the play. Yes. <laughs> yes. Incredible. Yeah. Man across the board. Here we go. Flat top. Sent everybody. Fourth down. It was over. You just looked around, right? Everybody, Paulie. Do you remember the way that felt? You looked around like, did that just happen? Did that happen? Did that just it Really? Because that meant the Cardinals actually were going to win that game. I think I was still in disbelief until the confetti started falling from the rafters. That's, that's when I realized... <laughs> It was real, and the Cardinals were going to Tampa for Super Bowl 43. Think about it. That was 12 years ago at this time. Wow. The stakes are the same this Sunday. A trip to Tampa, and the Super Bowl is on the line. We'll get into Championship Sunday and those games a little bit later, right around the corner. Rashad Johnson, the former Cardinals safety, he will join us. Uh, And, and Wolf, you remember – that team, especially in the postseason, what was the mantra? Shock the world, right? Yes, right. That's why David just said it, right? Yeah. Dave Pass, shocked. They have shocked the world because that was the mantra in that locker room, and Kurt Warner was one of the guys actually saying it. And so that team personified that. And I bring that up because earlier today, when a new head coach takes the podium, you know for sure you're going to get that question. You're going to get the identity question, right? What's going to be the DNA of your team? And we got a singular answer today from Dan Campbell, the new Lions head coach. Roll it. 
we're going to kick you in the teeth. And when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off and we're going to stand up. And then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down. And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap and we're going to get up. And then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before long, we're going to be the last one standing. That's going to be the mentality. So it's just it's awesome sound, is it not, Paul? I mean, this is this is what you want when you're downtrodden, when you're a little down in the mouth. This is exactly the way you want your coach to sound. And I think he's speaking more to fans than he is players. And he he played for the Lions once upon a time, so yes. he knows the identity of this city that he's coaching in. He, he knows the turmoil and the travails of Lions fans who haven't won anything since 1957 and Bobby Lane, right? So he knows all that. But but Wolf. Is he kind of setting himself up? We remember when Rex Ryan got up there and said, you know what, if you're a Jets fan, punch someone in the nose for it. Yes. Or, or Lane Kiffin, I will bring a high-powered offense to the Raiders. Remember, Buddy Ryan yes. back in 94, you got a winner in town, right? Yes. I mean, no, you got to be careful on this stuff, Paulie. There's no doubt about that. Um, the sound is so fun, and it's so right on the money. Everything he's saying, I loved. I absolutely love Dan Campbell. Agree with everything he just said. But now you have to go find players, Paul, that are talented and tough. Players that you can win games with that are talented and feel the same way Dan Campbell. There's one problem with that, Paulie. That's what the rest of the league is looking for, for the most part. Uh, you know, and the other question I would have with Dan is how much control does he have over the 53 man roster? At some point in time, is he the one drafting? Is he going to be the guy drafting all the draft picks? Because you've got to bring the right person in. This is something Bill Belichick has been doing for decades. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that is bringing in the talent, whether it's free agent talent he's bringing in, undrafted free agent talent, or draft picks that he's bringing in. Hey, they all better fit the mentality that Bill Belichick wants. See, that gives him a huge advantage, the fact that he's got full control over the the roster and is the coach that that is exactly what you need if you want to be able to build this kind of culture because sometimes you're going to get somebody who drafted a guy who isn't like this who isn't like the way dan campbell wants him to be and he might try to make him that player but paulie Yep. You know what? Hey, you just can't do it sometimes. I'm guessing every opponent on the Lions schedule, the Cardinals included on Saturday night before the game, that's getting played in the team meeting. Oh, yeah. That soundbite is getting played before every single Lions game this coming year. So to what degree do you just put a bullseye on the Honolulu Blue and Silver? <laughs> we'll see about that. But speaking of drafting the players in the Lions front office, they have a new GM, and he comes from the Rams. His name is Brad Holmes, an executive there. Speaking of the Rams, they have a brand-new defensive coordinator, Raheem Morris, replacing Brandon Staley. And then Robert Sala leaves as D coordinator of the Niners both, and D'Amico Ryan's the new D.C., so... There's been some change, some high-profile change in the division. Yeah, Brandon Staley was a surprise to me. That was really a surprise. After one year of coordinating in, what, I think it's four years in the National Football League, that was a surprise to me. Robert Sala was not. And you know what? Fare thee well, Robert. Get out of here! Five years ago, Brandon Staley was coaching Division Three football. Think about that. It's, it's almost like a Chip Kelly. <laughs> right. In a way. That's so. Yeah, you have to wonder about that one, Paul. We raise the football IQ next. Rashad Johnson 
uh, now currently with Alabama, longtime Cardinal safety, joins us next on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Shotgun snaps to Murray, drops back to throw, fires left side, Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins puts his hands up and he catches it, and it's a touchdown. I have no idea how he caught that ball. DeAndre Hopkins' hands are as good as we've ever seen. What a great catch by DeAndre Hopkins, the harvester of sorrows. Cardinals blitz, back to throw. Dalton gets hit and slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Dalton never saw Baker like a torpedo. He came flying into the backfield and smoked. Andy Dalton. Buda Baker is a dog. D-O-double-G. Wow. He goes 100 miles an hour. Last year in the offseason, Steve Kime got the uh, hardware for winning the offseason. Uh, so far into the offseason, the hardware has gone to Buda Baker, first-team All-Pro, and the Pro Bowl. DeAndre Hopkins, second-team All-Pro, 115 catches, over 1,400 yards receiving. And by the way, Buda had 118 tackles. And then Kyler Murray, of course, going to the Pro Bowl as well. Wolf, uh, as we welcome everyone back here to the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert, you know you're big time when you're on a radio call and you heard a little radio montage there from Arizona Cardinals Radio when it's time for the college football playoffs and you go to one of the ESPN TV platforms, one of the channels, and it's devoted to the Alabama radio call. Did you see that? Yes. Yes, Paulie. There, there's the regular broadcast, and then there's broadcast for Bama Nation, and it featured, uh, among others on the radio call, Rashad Johnson, who joins us now on the Big Red Rage. Rashad, how you doing? Doing well. How about yourself, Paul? Ron, how you doing? We're doing great, Chad. Man, I really appreciate you joining us. We appreciate you joining us, man. Talking a little bit of ball coming up because we all know Championship Sunday, one of the better days for football fans, right? Yeah, man. An awesome day to be a part of it. Can't wait to watch it this Sunday. Uh, four really good teams, man. Uh, it could go in any way, uh, you know, one play away. So, yep. really exciting for sure. This is just me. But I'm sure other yeah. people share this opinion. When you saw the Bears in the playoff, it was especially vexing because you're like, man, the Cardinals should have been there, especially instead of the Bears. Uh, when you followed the Cardinals, I know from afar this year, and you saw the progress of a Kyla Murray, but then you saw things get sideways in the second half of the season, the way they ended the season. How do you think the Cardinals go into the offseason? What do you think they're feeling like? And how much change do you think needs to be made? Big picture. Yeah, you know, uh, when you look at it, I mean, really, really on fire. You know, winning five of the, the first seven games. Uh, but when they came into that bottom, like, what happened? Because when you win a couple games, you go into your bye, you think you can catch, continue to win games. Uh, I mean, they, they. I think we lost them. All right, I tell you what. Speaking of drop, uh, I think the line dropped a little bit. Maybe we can uh, try and reconnect here and, and hear from Rashad Johnson because, I mean. Here's a guy who knows firsthand from experience. Here's a guy who walked on in Alabama and was a two-time team captain. Two-time captain. <laughs> which <laughs> That doesn't happen in Alabama. It which, does not. It, in fact, I think it was a first, wasn't it? Yes. Bama program yes, it history. Was. So, and not only that, Paulie, Rashad Johnson was one of these guys, as you well know, that was really like a coach on the field. This is one of the re- this is one of my favorite conversations, Paulie, that we have almost every year. It's with Rashad Johnson because of the player that he was, not only physically on the field and the plays that he would make, but mentally on the field and the way he'd get everyone else lined up. It's one of the best conversations you're ever going to have if you want to talk ball. 
So talking again with Rashad Johnson. Rashad, pick up with the end of the season and, and those two disappointing losses with the playoffs hanging in the balance. Does that tell you anything? Does that change anything going into this offseason, just the way the season ended? You know, um, I wouldn't say, you know, it changes anything because, you know, one of those games was lost with, with arguably, you know, your your best player not playing in that game. Uh, with Kyler, you know, getting hurt early in, in that game, uh, it, it's hard to replace a guy with that superstar status. You know, not no diss against uh, the backup or anybody like that, but we understand the talent that he has. Number one overall pick, you know, drafted in the first round base, in baseball. He's elite in a lot of different areas uh, than a lot of different people. He's like the 1% of the 1%er. So when you lose a guy like that, it hurts. So I don't think, you know, necessarily going into the offseason, you know, you're like, oh, man, we dropped the ball. We, we lost one of our, our best players. Hopefully we wish we could have stepped up defensively to get that win and get us in. Um, but, you know, we know we, we have an opportunity to where it, it's left up to us, honestly. You know, we, we have to decide, you know, right now with our group, you know, with the guys that we have. And I think we have a, a collectively a good group of young guys. DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best receivers in the league. Great move by Steve Kahn. Buda Baker, young safety. You know, you build around those guys. Isaiah Simmons, you know, these guys' first-round picks. So I think you build off of it and you continue to push. One game away, it isn't like you were five. So there isn't a lot, of, a lot of change that needs to be made. Only a few pieces need to be added to continue to push that fire and try and stay healthy, man. Shad, you were a safety in the National Football League for a long time and a guy that was a coach on the field. It was something we were talking about. Something I appreciated the most about you, Shad, was the fact that you loved the chess match. You loved the mental yeah. side of it. You loved scheme. And you went out there and made sure other guys knew exactly what it was that you're going to do. As you watch Buda Baker through that safety lens, just how, I mean, t- tell us what you see from a safety to a safety. Yeah, you know, I, I see a guy that, you know, has fearless mentality for number one. Um, the way he comes down, he, he doesn't <laughs> know what brakes are. You know, I, hopefully he doesn't drive because I'm, I'm kind of scared of it. <laughs> Is he running red light stop signs? He just goes, man. And I love that about him. He's fast-paced. Uh, um, and he's also smart. You watch him when he blitzes. Uh, a lot of times that he's he's disguising, and, and then he's he's getting the blitz on the right timing. He's hitting that line right when the ball is snapped, you know. And it's not, you know, a coincidence that he's doing that. That comes from film study, a lot of preparation, mm-hmm. understanding, you know, the, the line count is the guard, the guy that taps the center to let him know that the, snap, the ball is about to be snapped, or is it the quarterback, you know, clapping his hands that makes the ball snap? There's a lot of different factors when you watch enough tape to understand that, and he does a great job of doing that as a blitzer, man. Um, so just as a safety to another safety, man, I'm highly impressed. Uh, you know, uh, I just love to watch him play, and I think, you know, he has tremendous upside here with the Cardinals. Like you said, all pro, uh, deserved every bit of that. Congrats, man. Um, he's a great got to build around man so y'all got a fearless competitor and the mentality if the rest of the defense and team can build with him you're going to be tough to beat shot vance joseph the defensive coordinator had the best quote i've ever heard about buddha baker he said he'll <laughs> run he'll run into the darkness <laughs> right I mean, when you sprint i know right for shot doesn't that sound so cool i mean it was just full speed sprint into the darkness that's buddha baker and you know i just listening to you talk about him the way he comes comes down from that secondary man and plays with abandon. It just uh, I appreciate that. Well, That's some old school stuff, Sean. Yeah. And as the so highest, yeah, Brian Dawkins site. 
Yes. Yeah. As the highest paid safety in the game, he can definitely afford a fast ride. Put it that way. I don't know what he drives, but he can definitely <laughs> afford it. Let me ask you in the secondary, Rashad Johnson, our guest here on the Big Red Rage, former Cardinal safety, had nine picks between 2014 and 2015. One of the biggest decisions facing the Cardinals, a guy you're really tight with, Patrick Peterson. But mm-hmm. it could be a big money ticket. He's beyond that magic number of 30. Uh, needs and wants. We know how important it is to have a cover corner. How do you assess that decision the Cardinals have to make on Patrick P? Yeah, you know, I mean, we all understand the game and, and how it works and the business side of it. It's all going to come down to, you know, the value that they see that, that Patrick still holds within the organization as a, as a, you know, a lockdown corner and, you know, the number and what they're looking at. So it's all going to come down to a number game at the end of the day. And can they, can they agree upon that? You know, uh, Patrick, you know, has has played, you know, well this season. Uh, we all saw some ups and downs through it all. Um, I think that, you know, he's a guy that is solid, though, man. I mean, he, he's been solid in his career here. He's been solid, you know, in, in his time out into the public as well and just building younger guys up. So I think he's a guy that can still, you know, hold that position and, and be a guy that can st- still be a cornerstone. Obviously, Buddha has that big name now. He's that big guy that's pushing up to transcend to be that, that focal point of that group, which is understandably so. You always look for younger talent. Um, so I think it's just going to come down to can we find someone that we think, you know, values out better than Patrick at this time, and can these numbers agree? Because I think, you know, they both value each other, and I think the city and team both would, you know, like to see each other, you know, finish their careers together, you know, when it's all said and done with, with everything that's been done. So we'll see. We saw Pro Football Focus uh, assess the top 100 free agents out there, and mm-hmm. Pat P was the highest rated, the highest graded Arizona Cardinal free agent to be. He's number 71. They had Kelvin Beecham, 75, Kenyon Drake, 77, Hassan Reddick, 87. Although there was another study, Wolf, that put Hassan Reddick as the most valuable guy to re sign just because of his age, the position he plays, and the fact he had 12 and a half sacks. Yeah, you know, you need that edge in today's NFL. There's no doubt about it. And Hassan Reddick truly stepped up for the Arizona Cardinals when Chandler Jones went down. But, man, Hassan Reddick is a guy that I think is going to get paid. I think there's a lot of teams out there, Paulie, that are going to look at Hassan and say, hey, listen, we don't have a guy like that. Let's go get him. Let's see if the Cardinals go get another Alabama guy like Rashad Johnson once upon a time. We'll talk draft next on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Buda Baker is back. He He's not the first Cardinal ever to play with nine fingers. Yes. Uh, Rashad Johnson did that, of course. Rashad's fell off. Uh, Buddha's <laughs> is back intact. He's just... <laughs> this is this is the most graphic injury report ever. <laughs> it's, I'm a truth teller, Wolf. I mean, it's it's not like it's a story that people aren't aware of. Uh, Rashad is still doing just fine with with nine fingers. Yes, of course. Uh, as, a, as a broadcaster for Alabama, <laughs> he's still making appearances, getting mentioned in Cardinals broadcasts. That was from the 2020 season. That was a pregame show, Wolf. You and yeah. Dave. Yeah. And you referenced our guest Rashad Johnson and the fact that oh boy once upon a time I remember like it was yesterday there are the Cardinals team trainers why are they looking in the garbage for the rest of that glove because well it still has the rest of Rashad Listen. Johnson's fingertip in it and uh oh boy so, Rashad how are you and your finger doing these days by the way 
Oh, man, it's been great. Awesome. It's been a benefit. Every time I go get a manicure, 10% off. You know, it's awesome. <laughs> Sean, I have to tell you, every every time we talk about this, and I say this to you every year, I'm jealous. <laughs> I am. That is a great story, bro. That's one of the best stories ever. I lost part of my finger playing ball. In game, man. I know, yeah, man. That is so and, tough. Crazy. And you know what? Before we get to Alabama and you're a broadcaster on that team right now, that New Orleans yeah. game makes me think of Tyron Matthew. And that makes me think of Tyron Matthew this past weekend and that game he had. Can you give us a quick word on the Badger, a guy who has more interceptions than any safety over the last two seasons? Yeah, man, the Badgers uh, continue to be the Badger, man. Uh, you know, the father odd uh, and continue just to, to go and, and be a leader no matter where he's at. You know, uh, the odds are against him sometimes, and sometimes he thinks that, you know, it may not be – where he's playing at or where he think he should be at, and he continues just to show up. Like, uh, he, I think his quote was, um, I'm the smallest dog in the yard, but it's still my yard. I think that was one of the, the quotes he had on the, uh, yep. on the play he made yep. on the toss sweep in the backfield. And, I mean, he's just he, – it's just him, man. His mentality and his play is, is terrific. And I just love to watch it, man. And big ups to Utah, man, and much love to you. Continue to do what you do and go get you another ring, dog. Yeah, man. One of the great things I love watching Badger play as well. One of the great things about football is it's it's an individual game in a team sport, and it is a yeah. it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And just knowing the way that Badger would go ahead and prepare, but because it is a team sport, Shad, do you believe in culture? Do you believe in a team having a culture? And if so, what is it? Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, I think, you know, culture is, is the team. You know, that that's what makes that team be able to ascend to the top of the mountain. Um, if you don't breed a culture of people and individuals that, that buy into, you know, whatever that culture may be, you know, different people have different ways of how they run their culture. You know, the culture at Alabama, you know, me being there and understanding that a lot of it and working there and being an analyst for it, you know, is a culture of accountability, culture of discipline, a culture of team first, you know, and, and you see guys do that year in and year out. Um, and you watch guys this year who put the team first, who were accountable, who didn't choose to go to the NFL like Najee Harris and Devontae Smith to come back, and then Mac Jones to wait behind Tua Tungvaloa and Jalen Hurts and to win the national championship, man. It was, you know, that type of culture just doesn't happen overnight. You know, it's built over many years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you see guys, you know, individuals can bring that to your team, you know, and bring that spark to it. And I think, you know, Tyree Matthews one of those guys. When he was here with the Cardinals, you know, he was a great guy in our secondary from 13 to however long he was here. You know, he was a spark. He was a great glue piece of part of that. You know, even though mm-hmm. he had some time when he was injured, his time here helped push that whole unit, you know, and he's doing the same thing everywhere else he's been. So culture is, is, is so huge, and the individuals you have within your culture is even bigger. It's all about you, Rashad Johnson, former Cardinal safety, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. All right, a year ago, Bama had four first-rounders and nine players selected in the top three rounds. What do you think Bama's tracking for this year? Oh, my God. Uh, I haven't looked at it in too far in depth, but, man, this year is going to be a, it's going to be a lot of guys. I mean, first rounders off the top of my head. You know, you could think of Najee, Devontae, uh, Mac, uh, Landon, Alex. I mean, that's five there. You know, just off the top, I and mean, we're not even going defensive side of the ball. Patrick Sertan, you know, is a great corner. Uh, who, who I think Jalen Waddle. I'm sorry, there's another one. You know, I think they may do something really wow. spectacular. Maybe the most first-rounders, you know, in the draft history. I'm not sure what that number is. But right there, I'm, I've got the seven that I'm thinking of right now. 
Um, so they, they had a great group, man. A lot of young talent that's leaving out this year's juniors and a lot of older talent that stayed that I think benefited by making that decision. You know, a lot of young guys want to go ahead and jump. They want to leave and go to the NFL. They want to get that money. They want to get that opportunity. A lot of guys chose to come back, man, and I think they cashed out in a major way like Leatherwood, Najee, and Devontae Smith. You know, Sean, one of my favorite guys to watch play the game of football is Derrick Henry. <laughs> you just no doubt. Stop it. <laughs> I get just love it. it. You know, what do you say? We get 13 personnel. We're going to line up and we're just going to run inside zone. We're going to run straight. Well, I, I absolutely <laughs> love watching Derrick Henry run the ball. How does Najee Harris compare? So compare and contrast yeah. Najee Harris to Derrick Henry. Yeah, I honestly think, you know, Najee Harris uh, has the power that Derrick Henry has um, in a different form. I think he doesn't have the, like, Derrick is long speed faster, I think, than Najee. But I think short area quickness in terms of making defenders miss or having that decision to have power, Najee's very special at that, man. He can, he can have a tremendous spin move. And I actually think he's a better route runner in one-on-one matchup out of the backfield. Mm. So, I mean, if you want a guy that's, you know, 13 personnel, bruise you, and can do that, <laughs> you know, Derek's going to weigh on you in four quarters. But Najee's the guy that's going to weigh on you in four quarters in a different way because he can wear you out in the run game. But also on third down, I mean, he's, he's tremendous out of the backfield, man. I mean, his junior year, I think he caught eight or nine touchdowns as a running back, you know. So, really special talent, man. I, I like them both. Uh I honestly, to, to say, if I had to pick one or the other, I, I kind of like Najee. I kind of like Najee, wow. man. He has a little bit more versatile to him, even though King wow. Henry is the king right now. I know, I man. King Henry, no disregard <laughs> to you. A lot of- I love watching NFL DBs turn down tackles of Derrick Henry, man. That, that's saying no something, man. It's yeah. a business decision, they say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't get off this block. Sorry. Um, right. So, so we're shot. <laughs> Tell us about Patrick Sertan, because a lot of people think Cardinals at 16 overall are going to go after corner, and I'm thinking that might be a fit. Give us a quick thumbnail, quick scanner report on him. Yeah, uh, smart, uh, tough football guy, man. You know, his dad played in the NFL. Uh, he, he was bred to do this, um, and I think he, that would be a great fit, you know, a great lockdown corner. You know, he came in as a true freshman, so I got a chance to see him come in uh, maturity level is is way beyond you know his years. As a freshman, he was locked in. He could take the you know the ups and downs from Coach Saban, who can give you a thrashing like no other. Um, and he was locked in. He could take it and, and bounce back the next day. Um, so he, he's a smart guy, versatile. You know, plays outside. We play a lot of different multiples. So that's you know it's a guy you can count to be your number one guy. Uh, I don't think he gave up any big plays or touchdowns this season. So uh, I, I like Patrick, man. Good tackler, um, and a big frame. So. My scouting report is if you pick him, man, you've, you've picked a football player, and I think you got yourself a really good one. Shot, I know you're so busy with Alabama and your responsibilities with Alabama and the sideline reporting. and But when you, when you look at the NFC Championship game coming up with Tampa Bay and the Green Bay Packers, where does your mind mm-hmm. go in that game? Man, uh, Tampa Bay and Green Bay, it's, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be one of those games that who, who, who can hit the quarterback? Who can disrupt mm. the guy with the ball? Um, but also with the defensive front, you got to be able to stop the run. We understand that, that, that Green Bay and, and Aaron Rodgers has had a terrific year, but uh, we can't forget that running back of Aaron Johns and the way that they've been able to run the right. ball as well and, and give him the opportunity to make those big plays down the field. 
Um, and the same thing with the Buccaneers. I mean, Tom has had a great year, has played well, but he's played his best when Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette are grinding it out. So whichever one of these defensive lines, in my opinion, plays the best tomorrow in terms of uh, and Sunday, I mean, in terms of stopping the run and being able to get to the passer and get some hits on him, wins this game. Um, and I'm leaning a little bit more towards Green Bay in this one. And a quick thought, Bills at the Chiefs. You're talking about a Bills team that's won 11 out of 12. Their only loss was the Hale Murray against the Cardinals. What do you think? Yeah, man. I, I like the Bills, man. I like the Chiefs, too. Don't get me wrong. Uh, the Chiefs have done some really special things. Great team. It's hard to pick against, you know, my homeboy and, and that offense and, and tie and that defense. But I, I like the Bills, man. Just like you said, they've won, you know, 11 or last 12. The only one they lost was the Hail Mary. This defense is playing well. Sean McDermott and those guys are, are firing around, man, flying around really well. And I think they can, they can rush the passer, you know, with their front four. And I think, you know, uh, this year with uh, my man, I'm sorry, I can't even – I'm losing his name at quarterback. How can you even do that, Rashad? Josh Allen? Josh Allen, yeah, man. He's been special. <laughs> That's his like, new though. Josh Allen's name. He's, he's been that special. I forgot his name. But he, he's, he's been so well with his legs, extending plays. He's had that type of Patrick Mahomes-type year in terms of making those plays with his legs. And I see him going out, you know, in this game and doing the same thing. And we got to think, you know, this concussion last week, I know he's going to be cleared and he's going to play. But does it affect this play? Yeah, it's so weird because Josh Allen is the only one that hasn't won an MVP. There are six MVPs, <laughs> right? That wow. are the other three quarterbacks. Yeah. Six MVPs. Man. He's the only one, obviously, that has not won an MVP. But man, an incredible talent. A guy that I think has got a bright future, of course, in this league I right agree. here. Yeah, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, I agree. Well, I'm taking the Bills. And Rashad, as we wrap it up, uh, you know, how's the uh, podcast going? Secondary perspective with your former teammate Gerard Powers. I mean, we know you two guys can talk just from your just from my experience hanging out with you guys in the locker room. I mean, that was a podcast waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's cool, man. We we enjoy getting opportunity just to sit back and rap, talk ball. You know, try and give our, our little bit of take and our secondary perspective from our viewpoint. Um, looking to have some guests here soon. So you guys tune in, check us out. We're on Instagram, uh, Facebook, all the platforms, Twitter. Um, if you can't find us a secondary perspective, you know, find my Instagram, Rashad Johnson or Gerard Powers, man. We love for the Cardinal fans to follow us. You know, we'll continue to talk ball and, and keep you guys informed in our lives. So looking forward to it. Look forward to so be back on Big Red Raid some more as well. That's right, man. So much love and respect for you, brother. Seriously. God bless you and your family. Thank you for coming on. We appreciate it, Sean. Thanks, Rashad. Yeah. Oh, anytime, man. Yeah, have a good one. Okay. There you go. See, we got that knowledge that he brings in the podcast there, Wolf. It's good. And and you're jealous because he gets the 10% discount on the manicure, which uh, you know, which, <laughs> that which was you don't great. get. What a great line, Bully, that is right there. Yeah. 10% discount because yeah. he's missing a tip of his finger. Right. We and still, it one. is legendary, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. It's leg- it had to hurt at the time. It right. wasn't a good thing. But you know what? In retrospect, looking back decades would have been one of the coolest things you could have ever experienced. There's two guys who get the 10% discount. Uh, there's Rashad Johnson <laughs> and Ronnie Lott. We continue with the Big Red Rage next, all presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Jealous. Hand off to Fournette straight ahead, and he stumbles forward. He's got the first down. Down to the 25-yard line, and that'll do it. 
Leonard Fournette picks up the first down, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on their way to the NFC title game. The Green Bay Packers will close out this win over the Los Angeles Rams, and the road to Super Bowl 55 in the NFC will go through Green Bay. Fourth NFC Championship game in the past seven years for the Packers, but their first at Lambeau as they seek their first Super Bowl in a decade. And then you have a Tampa team that hasn't been to a Super Bowl since 2002. So those are the stakes in the NFC Championship, Ron Wolfley. And special thanks to Rashad Johnson, former Cardinal safety here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. I mean... Some of these numbers are just absurd, whether it's Green Bay having won seven in a row at this point, only two turnovers in those seven wins total. The fact Tampa, B.A. and Tom Brady have won seven road games in a row. Mm -hmm. I mean, both teams are peaking, aren't they? No doubt about it, Paulie. This is going to be a great game. I think this is going to be a legendary game. I expect this game to be really, really tight. Not like the AFC game. I could see the Kansas City Chiefs, if Patrick Mahomes is healthy, I could see the Chiefs running away a little bit with that game. Um, at some point in time, I believe Josh Allen at the moment is going to bite him in the can. I think at some point it's going to get to him, the pressure. He's still a young guy. He's still developing. Maybe that happens this weekend of course against the Kansas City Chiefs defending Super Bowl champions but the NFC game this is the game I think is going to be either this could go either way Paul all right so let me ask you Green Bay came out and you talk about the balance in that win against the Rams they had 37 passes they had 32 runs yes but Tampa has the number one rushing defense Todd Bowles number one rushing you heard Rashad Johnson whoever can run the ball what this do you is think? This Can is Green it, Bay establish it against that Bucks front seven Paulie, and Devin that, White who had a ridiculous game? Yes, that is the question right there, Paulie. You've nailed it. I mean, this this is it. Rundown situation is going to decide this game. The NFC Championship game is going to be decided by rundown situation and who plays better in rundown situation. First and ten, second and one to six. Both these teams are so reliant on play action. If you watch Aaron Rodgers, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to watch Aaron Rodgers and his play-action mechanics. There might be one guy in the history of the game that is better with his play-action mechanics than Aaron Rodgers, and that's Tom Brady. Mm. Both these teams are heavy on running the ball, running the ball in between the, the tackles in particular, and using play action to throw the ball in rundown situation down the field. The bash and bomb offense is built on this. It's Bruce Arians. We saw it. We know it very, very well. 22 and 23 double. The power without the pull. They're going to line up, use a couple of tight ends, and here it comes. They're going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball in between those tackles, and they don't care if they get two or three yards. They do it because the play action that comes off of it is so effective. This game is going to be decided during rundown situation and which offense plays better in rundown. You brought up the fact the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the number one rush defense in the National Football League in terms of rushing yards per game and rushing yards per play. They're lights out. If they can shut that down, if they can shut down the Packers' ability to run the ball, this game is going to tighten up big time. Well, the first meeting, Tampa won big, 38-10 at Tampa. And they held Aaron Jones to just 
15 yards on 10 carries. There so you think go, about Paulie. That. And Aaron Rodgers had a complete outlier game. His worst game of the year, his only bad game of the year by far, 16-35, a buck 60, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. The other 15 games, actually 16 games after the playoff win, yeah. he has 50 touchdown passes and just three interceptions. So yeah. if he's looking for redemption, <laughs> look out. Speaking of zero, Paul, zero is something Todd Bowles loves mm. to do from time to time. Cover zero. Man across the board, baby. Send everybody. Go after Aaron Rodgers. I'm interested to see how much he actually blitzes Aaron Rodgers, because that's one of the things you do not speak of. That's one of the things you do not do to Aaron Rodgers. But will Todd Bowles do it? That's a question. And then the flip side, Tom Brady in his 14th championship game. Think about that. If he wins, he joins Peyton, Kurt (laughs) Warner, and Craig Morton is the only quarterbacks to lead two separate franchises into the Super Bowl. We hit up the AFC next. It's the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Josh Allen and the rest of the Bills will continue for at least one more week. The bench is empty. The clock is at 12 seconds and ticking. This one is over and the Chiefs are going to the AFC Championship game for the third consecutive year. But what is the status of Patrick Mahomes? He has to clear concussion protocol. Yeah, that is the question posed on Westwood One. As you heard, the playoff games come to a close right there. The AFC Championship is set. The Bills at the Chiefs. We're wrapping up this edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert Paul Calvisi. And Buffalo native Ron Wolfley, who will celebrate this Sunday the late game by jumping off his F-150 in his driveway onto a folding table. <laughs> so, Wolf- Paulie, the Bills Mafia does yeah. exist at the Wolfley compound. You and Lorenzo Alexander, uh, we need video. <laughs> of that you guys need to do that and uh that'll go viral seriously you need to do something like that it's just those uh, way too sophisticated to do that Paul. yeah by the way to answer that question about the status of patrick mahomes he did take the majority of snaps in practice today and according to andy reed quote pat looked good out there he's moving around well he feels good it's just important that we follow the protocol yes exactly i think it's a fait to complete i think there's no way uh he's not going to play he's going to play in that game uh, coming up on Sunday, but this one is interesting too. Yes, my heart wishes the Buffalo Bills would actually go to another Super Bowl because I think of the K Gun, Jim Kelly, four consecutive Super Bowls. Paul, you still think it's one of the greatest accomplishments in the history of the National Football League Agreed. to go four consecutive Super Bowls is unthinkable, and yet you never won a Super Bowl, which is equally unthinkable right here. But the, the Buffalo Bills can't run the ball. And see, that's always been the Kansas City Chiefs' Achilles heel to me, Paulie. The fact that the Bills can't line up and pound the ball in between the tackles, 
Uh, I don't think it's a good matchup. I don't. I think they're going to throw the ball in the Kansas City Chiefs, one of the best teams in the National Football League, and taking the ball away from you. Number 10, as a matter of fact, in takeaways this year, and tied for number 5 in interceptions with 16 interceptions. And when I think of interceptions, I think of Josh Allen and those great wide receivers, Stephon Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley, the, the great passing attack that the Buffalo Bills have, and I think of Tyron Matthew. <laughs> yep. I think of the Badger, Paulie, well, and I think of turnovers in this game. I think of what Tyron Matthew must be thinking when he watches film from last week when the Bills ran for a season low 32 yards on the ground. Their first 20 plays were all passes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, is is are they really that inept at running the ball, Wolf, or was that strictly a game plan thing against the Ravens' front, including former Cardinal Calais Campbell? It's a little bit of both, Paulie. There's no doubt. It's a little bit of both because the Baltimore Ravens are a very, very physical team. There's no doubt about it. But they're a team, the Buffalo Bills, that are really not built like the Green Bay Packers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and even the Kansas City Chiefs. They don't use a ton of play action. It's Josh Allen, and Josh Allen's going to be throwing the ball. Those three receivers, Stephon Diggs, John Brown, and Cole Beasley. Paulie, it's like it's the perfect blend. You got Stephon Diggs to go deep. You got Cole Beasley to run the short stuff, and then John Brown, the short to intermediate stuff, and the great route runner that he is. It's a great 11 personnel one back one tight end three wide receiver personnel package and don't let me say ever again that a quarterback can't improve his accuracy think of josh allen as a rookie this year he was fourth in completion percentage he jumped more than 10 percent in completion percentage from last season to this season it's the individual paul that is it's remarkable and and it just once again it goes back to the jump perhaps Kyler Murray might make even more so in year three. We'll see. Special thanks, Jim Omohonro, Cody Finch, for Ron Wolfley on Paul Calvisi. This has been the Big Red Rage. Number one, Kyler Murray! You've been listening to the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.